now broadcasting live via Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, and that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I didn't get slapped. I'm glad your mom is here. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, I really should I back punch him? It doesn't work if you're not wearing Why? a mariachi suit. Uh, we're not wearing a mariachi suit. I don't know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bag and Boardcast, episode number 129. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek. We bring you the top geek stories of the past week. Then we go into the list, the books that we're looking forward to, hopefully coming out July 4th. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, it's our monthly rotating look back for the month of June. (laughs) I was just thinking about that. We do a lot of rotating stuff. Yeah, some things actually do rotate in and out every, you know, so often. Other rotating topics never rotate back in. No, but one thing that we're always rotating is our drinks. Yes, and uh, this is a brewery that has rotated in and off the podcast quite a bit. They do a lot of stuff. Um, I'd say they're probably one of our favorites. They might not be the best, John, but they're one of our favorites. That's true. Um, <laughs> but this is, uh, we got Magic Hat Brewery on the show once again. And, um, I picked up their summer sampler pack and we've got two beers here that I thought, hey, you know, this would be good to talk about. It's summer. It's mm-hmm. getting warmer. It's fucking hot in Buffalo right now. Why not talk it's, about some good summer beers? It's and Canada Day yesterday for was. those listening. And we, you know, we love Canada. We go up and- there like twice a year now. <laughs> it's like Fourth of July is quickly upon us here in the States. It's, Definitely summer uh, drinking and, uh, yeah, mostly drinking season. And it's also time to start taking care of your lawn and the garden. And when you're mowing, you're probably getting rid of those unsightly dandelions. So what better thing to do with them than put them in a beer? That's right. We're talking about Magic Hat's Pistol, a beer brewed with dandelions. I get very little dandelion flavor on this. Yes. Uh, I had this before when I first saw it uh, come out because I always try to get the new Magic Hat sampler. Even though, like, it might be one of our favorite breweries, but uh, as I've gotten more and more into the craft beer, you know, it's been three years now with Bag Boardcast, three years of me doing this, Magic Hat was, like, my top, like, oh, yeah, give me a Magic Hat. They, they make really good beer, but it's been quickly supplanted by a lot of different breweries like now. Ithaca. Yep. Saranac, Blue, I'd say even. Blue Point Saranac. Blue Point, definitely. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm the same way with uh, Southern Tier. I used to really love them. Uh-huh. I put them right, like, with Magic Hat, but then as time goes by. Really? Southern Tier? Southern Tier, they do, still do some really good stuff. Unearthly? Unearthly, I like the Gemini. Uh-huh. The double IPA. Yeah. But they're not one of my favorites now. Huh. They're still good. I mean, no slight to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will still continue to buy their beer. Same thing with Magic Hat, but. They've fallen like, just down the list because there's so much great stuff out there. And I think that's the other thing is we all, we, one of the big thing, reasons we did the beer stuff is because we're always drinking beer and drinking different mm-hmm. stuff. But three years of two to three beers every week different. Right. You know, you, we've gone through just so many different kinds and had so many different breweries. And when we go on trips, we'll pick up beer. We'll go to we'll go to breweries when we we all travel together, you know. So it's you're constantly always finding new and different things. So 
Beers should be going up and down your list. I remember when you two guys were strictly stouts and porters mm-hmm. and absolutely hated IPAs. Paul, what's one of your favorite? White IPA from Saranac? Saranac, yep. Yeah. I got a six-pack or 12-pack in my house right now. I've been stocking up on the Lake Erie Monster while I can find <laughs> it places. <laughs> That's a good call. Expensive call, yeah. but a good call. But it's It's a worthwhile call. But you know what? I was expecting more of a dandelion taste from this, too, mm-hmm. just from... Like when I've had dandelion salads, it's almost got like that peppery pop mm-hmm. to it. And you don't really get this. There's not. It's a little, to me, you get a little bit of like a magic hat. I don't know if it's just the, the spice, the little bit of spice that's in there. Mm-hmm. But it tastes like a weaker magic hat with just kind of a. You mean they're number nine. They're number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Hein? Hein? It's flavored with hymen. I think I'm going to have a heat stroke. It's so hot. Uh, I'm comfortable. Really? I am, like, sweating from every pore of my body. I'm so hot. I'm Paul's sorry. got a hat on. <laughs> I do. I'm, 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 but por- it is, I'm portly. It I'm, is a baseball cap, so it's it's not like a wool cap, which I normally wear. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's it's I mean, it's going down smooth on a hot day like this, mm-hmm. or as hot as I am. Yeah. I, I, but see, I is, it's a good summer beer, but it's not just a great overall beer. Yeah. yeah. I still take it over a lot of the pilsners we had. Oh, I would take oh, it yeah. over almost any pilsner we've had. I'd agree. Yeah. It's not it's not quite a pilsner, but it's not quite yeah. an ale or a lager. Mm-hmm. It is definitely its own thing. But uh well it's definitely its own magic cat thing. Like Yeah. I mean they've always done stuff like when they brewed with beet sugar, uh um, oh, that what was that it? Was uh awful. the Wiki Cat. Lucky yeah. Cat Lucky Cat. Or was Wiki Cat. Yeah, Wicked Cat, and then, um, and then they were doing the. They did the one with ginger. <laughs> their well, odd notions. Their odd notions, That's which what was like the it was, like the same beer recipe, mm-hmm. just switched up with a diff- few different ingredients added to it. Mm-hmm. And then they're traveling IPAs every year, doing a different or every season, doing a different style IPA. That was always pretty. Always yeah, pretty those uh, are always good, but I never like noticed anything different really. Yeah. From like demo to demo, like they're all kind of, they're all good, but mm-hmm. I can never say like, wow, this is the best one I've had. Yeah, like uh, I still have to say that I think the best IPA put they put out was uh, last election year. Yeah, with um, whatever that. It was it was a demo and it was an. Uh, was it, it wasn't the election L. That was the Southern Tier one, right? Or was it? They they had it in a. Uh, it was in the sampler box. It was in the I sampler box. Yeah, I remember, but it was it was really good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, <sighs> but what else is really good, Paul? News. Oh, we love news. That's why we talk about it every week. We almost, do almost every week. We cut it sometimes. You know, because sometimes our whole main topic is the news, and that's why we cut the week in geek. But not this week. Oh no, we have stuff to discuss. John, you had movie news, uh, right? Yeah, just a little bit of movie news. Um, something that's been long talked about is uh, Edgar Wright, best known for Shaun of the Dead, Spaced, uh, Hot Fuzz, taking on Wright and... He didn't have anything to do with Paul. Oh, really? He he was going to, but then he didn't. Oh, yeah. He well, was... no wonder I didn't see that movie yet. You should. It was, it was good. Uh, it was good. You know, he's Scott not... Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim, yeah. Comic book I still work. love. Still good. I own it on both DVD and Blu-ray. I don't have a Blu-ray player. You guys want to borrow that? 
<laughs> no, I, I own it on DVD. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I also have it on DVD. Uh, Team in a combo. Um, writing uh, and directing um, Ant-Man. And at this point, they've just done some test footage, which is rumored to be shown at uh, uh, San Diego Comic-Con, basically just trying to capture the tone of the movie and kind of the look. Um, but he's still, even if this goes through and people do like it, he's still not going to be working on it yet because he's doing his next movie with um, Simon Pegg, which is a uh, end-of-the-world apocalypse kind of movie, I think it is. This is taking the place of what they were going to do with Paul. Ah. It's the third part of their, not trilogy, but like their family of features. Yeah. yeah, their favorite. Like the View Askew movies. Yeah. 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 The Cornetto trilogy, they were actually calling it. Cornetto. So, it's something to look forward to. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing those tests leaked on the internet. Whenever they get there, yeah, like you know, you know, as soon as it comes out, it's going to be on YouTube and whatever other. Oh, yeah, YouTube, your stuff. Netflix, your Amazon Video. If there was only one way for people to be able to get all those things cheaply onto their television, I think it would be a huge success. Also, that people would know about it. What is that, Vizio? The makers of the... Paul setting himself up for segues now. <laughs> for the, those of you playing at home. That, 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 that was a conversation from Paul with Paul. And I totally wanted to step all over it. You should have tried. It wouldn't have happened. Uh, Vizio, the makers of the cheap HDTVs. H, yeah, HDTVs that you can buy at Walmart and also your Targets. Uh is coming out with a little Google TV box for $99 that will have your Amazon Live, uh, Instant Video, your Netflix, your YouTube, uh, a browser support for the Internet, and also on live capabilities, the gaming platform, gaming system that's not a system, for all for $99. Now, if it's carried by both Walmart and Target, I think this could actually be the turning point where on live becomes a competitor in the video game industry. Could be interesting. I I don't see it catching big. I, mean, I, I th- see it almost like the novelty where it's the Atari controller that you plug into your TV and it has like all the games, all the Atari games on it. Yeah, but it's all the games, like even the Xbox 360 games, but just not the ones, not the PlayStation 3 exclusive games, but no. any game that has a license through them can be streamed. They can stream modern. It's not like we're going back and playing old games. It's current games yeah. that are on game consoles no, now. No, I'm just saying, but I mean, it's I, I don't know, like Chris was saying, like, I don't know how if, if it will catch on and, you know, if it's streaming, it's going to be glitchy. Are you going to have the multiplayer kind of things? Because a lot of people like playing the multiplayer stuff. Are you going to have that? Yeah. Because... You're playing it off the server. It's all being loaded off the server, so it's like multiplayer already. So your multiplayer won't be any worse than your single player version of it. Actually, talk. I thought you said pause. No, I was I was gonna jump in there. Okay, jump in. Are you, 
Yeah, so I'm still recording. recording. I, know. I don't fucking know. I thought you paused it. I did, but then you started talking, oh, so okay. I unpaused. Should um, we have a moment of silence so you know where to? <laughs> no, it's fine. Up? It's okay. Um, it's hilarious. Speaking about multiplayer, one of our favorite games, Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, um, just announced that they are going to be releasing the new downloadable pack on Xbox Live. It's actually been in beta testing for the past year on PC. So, John, a couple weeks ago, you asked when we were going to be getting that new content from Valve. I was. Uh, we're getting it July 27th. Nice. Um, it is the Cold Stream Pack. It's a brand new map for Left 4 Dead 2, and also including that are going to be all the original maps from Left 4 Dead 1 that they haven't come out with yet. We've already gotten the No Mercy Pack. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also gotten the Sacrifice, which works with both, but the rest of them are now going to be available for Left 4 Dead 2. So I could download those, and I could get rid of... My one if I wanted to. This would be the time for you to get rid of one because you'll be able to get all those maps. No. Unless you have a certain affinity for those characters and you want to continue playing them. Yeah, I don't think it matters now, does it? I mean, it's it was it was something for us to up for debate when when all that stuff came, like when yeah uh, two was coming out, two was coming out, and then when you could play uh, No Mercy with those characters. You know, it wasn't that big of a deal. I do want to jump back to uh, what I was talking about, the Vizio... Uh, I don't. Uh, <laughs> Co-Star. It's called the Vizio Co-Star Box, $99. To, to play on live, I guess you can do some stuff with the on live, but you'll need to buy the controller, the actual gamepad for it, which is another $49.99. 50 and to bucks. use their like, game streaming Your system, service. is it there going to be a... Subscription, yeah. But it's... Are you going to have to pay for whatever games you're downloading then, too? Uh, How is that going to work? I, I don't know too much about this. I think, well, with OnLive, you know, now I'm unsure because, like, with Steam, you don't have any subscription. You just buy the game. So maybe OnLive is, ex- I think it is subscription, though. I think subscription plus. Because that's the thing. I'm, yeah. You know, I'm paying for my Xbox Live. I can pay for PlayStation Plus if I want. But mm-hmm. if I want to get a game off of it, I still have to, okay. to pay for it. I think that's the same thing, where I think there is a subscription for on live. I'm not 100% sure, because I haven't done it. Uh, and then you do have to buy the games, but I think they're at a cheaper price okay. point. Or if not, then you're, I think you're given so many, like an hour or two hours for game demos for each and every game okay. that's out there. So if you wanted to try it for an hour, I think you get 60 minutes of playtime on each one. So that would probably have to have a subscription cost to it. But I do know there is a demo formula for OnLive. Okay. So you know, I, I honestly know very little about this because I have an Xbox <laughs> PS3. Well, Mr. Vancey Pants. I know I'm Mr. Vancey saying, Pants. It's it's a very it's cheap Nintendo. <laughs> it's a cheap. I have a Nintendo, a Genesis, and a and a Sega Master System. All over there. And he was pointing yeah. when he said that too. Yeah, I looked it's over there on my. The uh, listeners the, didn't. I know they can't. It's on. It's on my mouth. No, they they're probably driving to work and they <laughs> looked and caused the car crash. Thanks, Paul. You just cost us a listener. Now we're down to like one. Sir, <laughs> sir, do you know why you crashed into the tree? Paul said, "Look, who's Paul? He's the guy that talks to me in the car." Oh, why are you friends with Paul? It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what happened. <laughs> But I think it's a very interesting thing where on live nobody knows about, but once it gets into Walmart and into Target and it has a Vizio name on it where people, you know, have really like these TVs and it starts selling, 
and it's just another another little menu item on their thing that they're watching. It's cheap. It's as cheap as a Roku box to get Netflix, you know, your Netflix box. Uh, and plus it has on live on it, which I think is big in the video game news. And it's cheaper than I think their microsystem is, or their, you know, to put it on a television. And you can do, go to on live, uh, I guess just on, just Google search it, because I think it's just on live.com, but I'm not sure. Uh, and you can download the, basically the program and do it on your PC. Which I don't think makes much sense because why yeah, wouldn't you why just buy the games? Just get the games. Unless your PC isn't that great, maybe it's a good way to work around that. Interesting. Interesting. But Left 4 Dead, Valve, very good. Finally, getting some more content because it's been like over a year. Yeah. It's we, been longer than it. Yeah, it's it's been longer than it took for from Left 4 Dead One to be released, for <laughs> Left 4 Dead Two to be released, for us to get the next. The ALC from uh, the sacrifice to now. So, I'm going to throw something at you guys because I didn't prepare you for this. Next week we've got San Diego Comic Con coming up. We talked about it That's a little true. bit earlier with the uh, Ant-Man footage. What are your predictions for what we're going to see from San Diego Comic Con, Paul? Uh, a big shakeup over at Marvel happening uh, with their Ultimate line. I think uh, they're you know I. I don't think it's been really. They just had the shakeup last year with ulti, the Ultimates line with, uh, or was it two years ago now, with the Tidal Wave, and you had Ultimate Comics Spider-Man being shooken up, and now you have uh, the Spider-Man crossover, and I think they're going to try to do more with. Uh, I, I know Hickman was doing the uh, the Ultimates book. I think there's going to be a shakeup with that. I don't think Hickman's going to be on the Ultimates books much longer, and also a condensing of all the X-Men titles in the Ultimates universe. Because how many X-Men titles do they have over in Ult- over in the Ultimates line? I think I three, know. right? I think there's I only the no one, idea. but I'm not sure. I think it's. I didn't three. even know Ultimates was really still going on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I think that's I, they had that big shakeup not too long ago. Uh, and I don't think it's really worked, so I think there's going to be a condensing down of that universe a little bit more. John? Uh, I think I think you're going to get a whole new wave of Marvel announcing the new movies that they're going to be doing, because they've done... The first their, wave? Their first wave in branding those characters with the Avengers. I think now you're going to get your second wave of those kind of movies with showing Ant-Man. A lot of people have been saying the, Guardian, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy... That's been talked about a lot lately. Rocket Raccoon? That'd uh, be cool. So I think you're going to be seeing some of that stuff coming out. Well, there's already kind of talk happening about what Disney's first Marvel feature is going to be animated, and it's uh, Big Hero 6, which is a... Spin-off of Alpha Flight. Yeah. Um, which could be kind of interesting. See Japanese team. Yeah. yeah. Which could be kind of fun. I see... This is completely kind of like random, but I see someone like Brian Wood, if they brought him on to write something like that it going really well Ooh. and and now the wheels are turning in paul's head paul's liking it brian wood writing a movie you say an animated movie about a japanese superhero team um if i could lean into my microphone anymore i would <laughs> that would be interesting but i i yeah so that's your prediction no that's nope. that's already something that's being talked about 
But I, I just threw Brian Wood in there. What, so what's your prediction for um, Marvel? Because that's apparently what we're doing for San Diego Comic-Con. I was going to go DC because I think we've talked a bunch about new books over at DC. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to get a new slew of books coming out. Yep. Uh, I think we're going to see some pretty big uh, snags from Marvel. I think we're, they're going to be bringing some creators over as exclusives to kind of revitalize yeah. what they're doing over there. And also, oh, by the way, these crappy books are going away. Uh, if what What's her name? She brought uh, Harry Potter to Warner Brothers. She's now the vice president. She, oh, or president. Diane Nelson. Diane Nelson. If she doesn't uh, come out with some big news, either at, I would hope, at San Diego Comic-Con with movies, uh, then I think her time should be kind of ticking at DC because I think it'll be a big failure if DC doesn't come out with some at least hints of movies. Well, we're probably going to be getting some footage from Superman shown there too. Right. I think that's but kind that's, of a no-brainer. That's a movie that we know about. Yeah. We're talking about properties being made into movies like remember how they announced Wonder Woman at one of the conventions we were at and it was going to be written by Joss Whedon? Yeah. And it fell through and it didn't happen, but I want at Comic Con something like that being announced. And I believe I think it was last year or the year before. Um, uh, the guy that did uh, the Sherlock movies, the director, Lock, Stock, and Smoke, Two Smoking Barrels. Oh, um, yeah. I can't think of his name, but he was supposed to be taking on. They announced that he was going to be doing a Lobo picture. Mm-hmm. So I think they like to throw names out with properties, but Warner Brothers just isn't. They're not. Getting it done. Getting it done. And I think a lot of it is now we have more of the DC entertainment mm-hmm. to try to get that done with the Warner Brothers. But I, to me, I think it's kind of just the Warner Brothers executives not wanting to shell stuff out. And then they shell out mega bucks for Green Lantern, and it doesn't do as well as they thought it was going to do. Well, because it wasn't as good as a movie as they thought it was going to be. But yeah, I I I just want to put on the record that John nodded his head yes. No, I, I think it was still a good movie. I, I I still hold that I liked it, and I it it had everything that I wanted from it. I'm saying that yes, it didn't do as well as they expected. Um, I don't think it's it was a bad movie, but I don't think it was. I I don't know how it. I think. DC characters are hard to commercialize to get people to get to those movies. Oh, to get to the movies. I, commercialize, I think, I think it's easy because Superman is everywhere. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, but in <laughs> yeah, but Superman Returns, they couldn't get it. Yeah. So people, I mean, they couldn't. I mean, they had everything there. They had a great cast. They had a good director. They had great special effects, but they just the story just wasn't there. And mm-hmm. I mean, even Constantine, they had. They had cast, they had money, they had a name to it with Keanu Reeves, but they just didn't have a good, really good follow-through. And I think that's one of their one of their big problems. I mean, they let, um, what's his name with uh, Watchmen? They let him have complete control, and it was as close to the comic book as you can have, but it still wasn't a commercial success. Well, the, I think the release date also played towards that, and also... How they frame that movie? It was a superhero movie. Like, if you went to see the commercials, it was just the new superhero movie coming out. It wasn't what you would. 
if you were going to tell somebody what Watchmen was, you wouldn't be like, oh, it's this, it's the next big summer blockbuster superhero movie. Like, who would say that? Yeah. And that's how it was framed, and it was also released in March. Which is really early for that summer blockbuster movie, except for but, what just happened with The Hunger Games. Very, but very different types of movies, yeah. though, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just think, I think, I think it's just they have a hard time getting those movies out and going. Look, Superman was, what? Superman got pushed back till 2013. Yep. It was slated for 2012. Hey, same thing happened to G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra. I think that's just because two Hasbro movies in one summer is going to be too tough for them. Yep. Especially after one of them just sank, sank? completely bombed. <laughs> and speaking about things dropping, let's take a look at the comic books that are dropping this week in the list. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. Eh? But you said sank before. Well, it dropped to the bottom of the ocean. That's true. Or to the bottom of the box office. However you want to talk about it. It yeah. sank. Mm-hmm. John. You know what book I'm looking forward to? July 4th. So on July 4th, uh, one of my favorite shows as a child was He-Man, and DC is putting out a He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I thought your favorite show as a, as a child was Buckaroo Banzai. I thought your favorite show was Erie, Indiana. I, I thought it was G.I. Joe. I said one I of thought my, it was Ms. Marple. one of my favorite. I didn't say they were best. That's I thought it was Care Bear. I liked the Care Bear movie. I thought you liked the Snorks. I didn't like the Snorks. I thought they were. Told me it was one of your favorites. They were a pale imitation of the Smurfs. So it's one of your favorites. So it's one of the best. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Callback joke. Called it. And uh, this is going to be written by uh, James Robinson, who I've been liking on Earth Two. Shade, uh, not that great. But uh, his Earth Two, I want to see what he takes on with uh, art by Philip Tan. It's going to be a miniseries and. Looking forward to it. Uh, last week, I believe you could get the um, digital co- uh, digital pre comic, uh, I believe, written by Jeff Johns and uh, Sir Laserlot, going uh, to be a Comic Con uh, exclusive toy, uh, which I guess is appearing in this book because he, Jeff Johns on Twitter keeps on talking about how he created this He Man character and now it's a toy and he's very excited. It's this is actually a really fun story too because this is a character he dreamed up when he was eight. Really? And it was like a He-Man fan, and he he created his own character. Like I probably created my own Ninja Turtle, hmm. like me when I was a kid watching it. And so this is something that's actually kind of coming to fruition now that DC's got the rights to the book. And the character he created when he's eight is now going to be in the comic book as well as an action figure. It's in the like the bo- the same kind of booster pack that the old ones kind of were in. Looks just, like made the exact same way with like the same body. Looks it looks fun, and uh, the book looks fun. I I definitely when I heard this was coming out, I felt like I needed to get it and check it out. I picked up the uh, Thundercats. I picked up the GI Joe when it was at um, Devil's Due Comics. So I'm I'm always willing to pick up those classic things when I was a child in comic book form. Yeah, I actually, I love the Thundercats books when they were coming out from Wildstorm. I've heard great things about G.I. Joe Cobra. So uh, that's coming out through... IDW now? IDW, yeah. yeah, I, Exactly. Um, but I'm looking forward to, to a book that's ending. It's a book that I picked up uh, during the New 52. Uh, picked up, I think, the first three issues and just, you know, 
ran out of money. You know, it's a it's a tight week for me. I got Action Comics, I got a, a Swamp Thing, Animal Man. You know, those are three books that I can't just drop uh, right now. Uh, but Justice League International was one of those books that I could drop, and I did. But now that it's ending, uh, I kind of want to see how it. How, trying to see where it left off. Because, you know, it's a comic book, so it doesn't really have an end. It's just uh, how they leave that book open for those characters. Because, honestly, Booster Gold out of 52 was awesome. Uh, the, that Justice League group of characters were great coming out of... Um, what was the... Generation event? Lost? Yeah, Gener- Justice League Generation Lost. Loved it. Um, I just felt like it was less than that Generation Lost book that I really loved, and I got... 26 issues of, so did I really need, you know, to start picking up a new ongoing that was less than that? And at that point, I didn't feel like uh, I was... I want to see if they actually got back to that generation lost, like, plateau, or if it just ends on a fizzle. You know, I actually read your copies of, like, the first two, I think, of Mm -hmm. uh, Justice League International, and I really enjoyed it. I liked the team that they had brought together. I liked the team dynamic that they had there. Um, So it's a book that... It's kind of sad to see go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just remember, I think it was maybe a couple of the Justice League books ago that Batman tells somebody uh, the who's like the new the Nick Fury for the DC universe. Steve right? Trevor. Trevor. Steve Trevor. He tells him to uh, to to cancel the Justice League International program, and I it was like right after I had read that, I heard uh, that it was getting. It's getting canceled, so I thought that was kind of funny. Hmm. Batman calls the shots. <laughs> yeah, right? Yep. He brings legitimacy to the team. He does. But he might not do that in the comic book that I'm looking forward to. Which I... I that, that was a horrible segue. Because is it a not a Batman family <laughs> book or a DC book at it's, all? It's an image book, actually. Um, this is something I've been buying in trades ever since they first started coming out. And it's Invincible, Volume 16, Family Ties. Um, this is one of my favorite books that I don't buy monthly. I love it. Mm-hmm. The, I constantly buy the trades because I go back and reread them over and over. Whenever a new one's coming out, I go back and I read the other ones just to kind of re-catch up on the story because it's such a fun book. And at times it just gets so dark, and I love those little moments. It took them to volume 16 to get to Family Ties because every volume is named after a like 80s sitcom. I don't believe so. Uh, I believe it is. Let's or at pa- least let's a reference. This. At least a reference to an 80s sitcom. So let's just read the list real quick. Family Matters, 8 is Enough, Perfect Strangers, Head of the Class, Facts of Life, A Different World, Three is Company, My Favorite Martian, Out of This World, Who's the Boss, Happy Days, Standing Still, Growing Pains, The Vulturemite War? Okay. You're right, Chris. Not all of them are named after 80s sitcoms. Most of them are just named after sitcoms, except for The Vulturemite War. Volume 15. Oh, you don't remember that? That was like the best cartoon when I was growing up. <laughs> the Bloodsmart War. That was the best or your favorite? Or, the best. Or one of the best. One of the best. And the... Uh, semi-favorite. Volume 15, Get Smart. I'm guessing not after the 90s sitcom, but after the classic, what, 70s sitcom? 60s? 70s? 70s? Yeah, it was early. Yeah, but... Honestly, I, I never pay attention to the titles of them. Huh. Uh, they just show up in my uh, pull box, and I buy it, and then I read it, and it goes on the shelf, and then I reread it, and then reread it, and then reread it. You didn't think of anything when it said Family Ties this time, or did you were just like, no, nope, Family Ties? 
Yeah, I mean, you can, I guess if you're not like too focused on it, I I remember reading this book. I have the first twelve in issue, and it was at that time where I was kind of falling out of books just because I didn't have uh, the money, and I never yep. I never got back into it. But I always I always thought the I always loved the book. I thought it was great, and it was a great teenager becoming a superhero. Um, and uh, the coloring in it, I always I mean. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was so like it was so bright. It was like just really good art, and I love the uh, the colors in it. Yeah, I I still love this book. I've given up on The Walking Dead. I was buying the issues of that since number six came out, and I kept on purchasing it right up until a couple months ago. Um, nothing wrong with it. I just kind of fell off. Mm-hmm. Invincible is a book I still love, though. Robert Kirkman, I think, does great superhero work. Um, more so on Invincible than any of his other stuff, like Sounding Wolfman or Super Dinosaur or anything. But I th- oh. think he's just great with him and um, Ryan Adley on art. Like they just have a fun, mm-hmm. energetic book that I will keep picking up in trades. And I actually stay away from spoilers. All right, I got two this. questions. Uh, spoilery-ish. Okay. How fat is uh, Adam Eve? Uh, she's gotten a little bit more rotund. Uh, is Invincible not? mark anymore that other dude um it's after i think this trade that's coming out he's leaving because in the end of the last trade he was actually thinking about leaving behind the uh the identity of invincible Hmm. because he's just kind of had enough um this trade collects issues 90 to 95 so i think it was right after there that's when we had the new invincible come in who you might know as the original Bulletproof, if you've read any of the Invincible books. Hmm. He gets bequeathed the mantle. Nice. That's one of the spoilers that I know. Huh. But because I, I, you saw the image and they were like, yeah. what the yeah. fuck? But mm-hmm. I, I try to stay away from stuff about this book. I rarely read the uh, solicitation stuff for it. Because I, I really want to go in fresh. And it's sad that they don't come out with these trades more often. Mm-hmm. But I guess for however many months they put in between them, it's because they're collecting. So yeah. I can't fault them too much. Yeah. And they're nice quality books. Yeah, I, they always have a ton of extra stuff in the back, like sketches, uh, commentary from Robert Kirkman and Ryan Oddley. Um, he always puts some of his commission sketches that he does in there. Hmm. He gets a lot of people coming up to him, asking him to draw characters from the book with mustaches. <laughs> because Mark's father, yeah. Omni Man, has a mustache, right. and it's kind of a running thing. Like, oh, can you draw Adam Eve with a mustache? Oof. Oh, can you draw Alan the Alien with a mustache? So it's kind of fun. Because honestly, he's Superman with mustache. With a mustache, and the whole reason for that just came like, hey, there's no superheroes with mustaches, really. <laughs> That's true. So uh, that seems like a glowing recommendation for that book. An excellent review for the whole series. One of the books that I talked about when you're trying to get someone into comic books. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing that we also bring our listeners' reviews every month in our monthly look back. And what more glowing recommendation? Oh, then that could, we could have other than maybe instead of just reviewing comics. We always do that. You throw it over into the main topic, and then it was like, oh, we have a beer to talk about. And then I'm like... Yeah, and we could also review a beer. What? There you go. This is our second beer for a Magic Hat for the night. This is the Elderberry, which when you had the Summer Sampler Pack before when we had our cookout, um, had about all this, and I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Um, This is another good summer beer. 
Um, this is a Weiss beer. It's definitely a lot lighter. Um, I, I put it above the pistol just because it has that little pop of sweet there. Yeah, and it and with that sweet, it goes down so smooth. Like I, I'm almost <laughs> done with mine. Like I've just been sucking it down. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like, you looked around I, I, I like... I tried to make crazy eye contact with Paul. It, 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 I, gave, I, gave, I gave shifty eyes and then just stared into his soul when I said that. It's like you were you stole my hamburger off my plate or something and <laughs> didn't want me to know about it. It was like a weird look. Uh, no, but it is good. You get a nice you get a nice kind of tart berry to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. It's, perf- it's a perfect summer beer. I think this would be really great to, just like hot summer day, you reach into a cooler and you, you pull out a bottle... Yeah, if it was really ice cold. Yeah, I I like it. I can't say it's great, mm-hmm. but it it's a good summer beer. Yeah. I I enjoy it. Um, I wouldn't put this as high. It's a little bit fruitier of a beer. I put it definitely below something like the Purple Haze from Abita. Oh yeah. Um, that's probably one of the more like fruit beers out there that I really enjoy. But th- this is this is good. Mm-hmm. I have to check into it on Untapped because I forgot. Oh. But yeah, it's decent. It's not great. Uh, I wouldn't buy a variety pack just for this beer, and I probably I wouldn't. I want to spend the money on getting a whole six pack of it either. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. You know what? If I was going, like, say, to a Fourth of July party, and I brought this, I would definitely want this well chilled on that Fourth of July day. Mm-hmm. Like, it it would be it would be extremely refreshing. And, and that's honestly the whole reason I grabbed it because, like I said at the beginning, it's really hot right now. Yeah. And it was a great beer just for sitting out, mm-hmm. you know, with a couple friends on the porch eating. Um, it's a great beer for that, but it's not a great beer. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. I hope so. Makes sense. But what's a great comic? Uh,. Comics written by Jack uh, Scott Snyder. I'm, I'm sure there's someone named Jack who writes great comics too, though. <laughs> I was gonna say Jock, and then I'm like, I think he doesn't write. He does art. Uh, Scott. He Snyder. writes with his pencils, Paul. Yes, he writes images of my heart. Uh, <laughs> sketchy and shady. <laughs> yes, sketchy and shady, just like my heart. Uh, no, uh, let's review Batman. Issue ten, a much. Uh, and it is Paul like point 10, out, right? or Chris did before we started this, that we've become a Batman podcast, much like a year or two years ago when we were a Green Lantern podcast. So our third episode in a row having to do with Batman. Don't worry, eventually I will turn them into a Fantastic Four podcast. No, no eventually Paul's just going to start hating Batman again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's too many books about Batman. <laughs> we talked about that last issue, last month, last week. Too many books about Batman. Um, Batman number 10, if you read any comic book uh, news sites, there was a lot of brouhaha about the ending. Please uh, realize that we are reviewing these books. There will be spoilers ahead. Uh, if you I mean, don't this is want, a book that came out at the beginning of June too. Yeah, like we've been sitting on it for a while. Do not, uh, do not listen to, uh, throughout if you want to read this book and are excited about this book and you haven't picked it up yet. And uh, but if you're like ah whatever, I don't care if you spoil it or you want to hear our opinion on it, please listen on. You can, there's a pause button. That's all I'm saying. Uh, 
Batman number 10, it's the finale of the Night of the Owls. You have Batman going up uh, and trying to get vengeance upon the owls in their own mansion to find everybody's dead. And realizing that maybe uh, there was must be somebody else pushing the strings. Um, because, as Batman would say, who benefits from all this happening? If Mountain Dew does. Yes, that's very true. Uh, if the court is actually dead, uh, and something doesn't sit quite right, and he finally comes ag- across. He has what the, I like to think of is a house moment where he's totally not thinking about the subject at hand, and then somebody mentions something, and he stops and he pauses, and then he solved the crime. He knows who <laughs> the person is. And, uh, and then you have this moment of, um, the two, the person who it is, we which, we, we gave the spo- full spoiler warning. Which, we can talk about which this. it, uh, which is his younger brother, correct? Yes. Am I remembering uh, it right? Thomas Wayne Jr. And uh, but what what's interesting is before you find that out, he's pro he's making Batman t- say, "Well, why is it this? Why mm-hmm. is it this? Who benefit? You know, he it really." Breaks down mm-hmm. how Batman got there. Yeah, in those like the last half of the book, and it's it's really it's really kind of interesting how they do that. And I just remember back to issue one when we were talking about how in the one page we it, couldn't tell the two apart, which one was Wayne, which one was Lincoln March, w- Lincoln Go March, and, and we're like, oh, I think it's just. You know, they, the hair is different on this guy. The one guy has look, a bigger chin. They look they looked really similar, and we were talking about that, and it also made us talk about in the next room they had all the Robins, and it was yeah. just the slight difference of the hair, and we are like, oh, it's just height. the artist. and The height. The, the slight height. difference of height. <laughs> but it was also like the hair was different yeah. on everyone. But it was like, oh, you know, it's just the artist, but no, I think it was. <laughs> it was you think it's yeah. now planned. It, it, was, it was planned. And Lincoln March is... The crossroads where apparently the car was overturned that led to the Waynes losing Thomas Wayne at the hospital, uh, or where the hospital was it, at. It, it caused a premature birth, mm-hmm. and he was sent to a hospital under like a secret identity, hidden name, supposedly. pseudonym. Supposedly, Paul. Paul's going in skeptical on this. I'm saying, no, this is a great villain. This is a villain that is so messed up, he believes he is Thomas Wayne Jr. He's built this identity through the Court of Owls, and that, and he's psycho. Much like how they made Mr. Free psycho in the annual. Oh, no, he just believes that that's his wife. Well, also, what you they know? did with Hush. Yeah, it's kind of similar with yep. what... Honestly, this does. Mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking about that too. This does feel a lot like what they did with Tommy Elliot in and Hush. When we were sitting outside, and Paul was like, "Well, you know who, you know, you know who I really think it is," and, and I was like, "Oh, is he thinking it's Hush? Because that would also be it would yeah. be something that Hush would do to uh, it just unnerve him." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did Hush do? If continuity is playing part, he made himself look like Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne. Yeah. So that would be a great turn that if it was actually Thomas Elliot, both Thomases. Uh, but I think, you know, this is a new villain, uh, that just is psycho. And I, also, 
something I really liked were the journal entries or letter to Alfred from his father. Yeah. Which were really the backups. cool. The backups. Yeah. Uh, throughout the bat, this, uh, Night of the Owls book, and now it definitely plays center stage. So read those. Those are important. Yeah, they they are were. Important. They were really cool. I, the, mm-hmm. the first one I saw, I was like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. Well, I, I think to kind of go back to the whole, like, Thomas Elliot, or not Tommy Elliot, uh, no, Thomas Wayne Jr. thing. Thomas, he's Thomas Elliot. Um, if you, like, the crime syndicate of America, Owl Man, mm-hmm. that was his identity. So, right. with the new 52, maybe we've lost, like, that Earth. What, I, I don't know the number it was. Well, in the, so maybe this is their the way of recent, kind of like folding that into... Well, in the most recent telling with Graham Morrison, it was called Earth 2. Because it was Grant, JLL 2. Right, but Graham, Graham Morrison, Morrison just does his own thing. Um, which is actually... This has nothing to do with man, but, but that's what had to do with George Perez leaving Superman. Because he didn't know what was going on in action comics. So he was writing one story, mm-hmm. and Grant Morrison was doing his own stuff. Right. And he's like, well, how am I supposed to know what's happening with my book when I didn't even know Grant Morrison was doing something about, like, five years earlier? Yeah. Not Grant Morrison's fault. Superman's editor's fault. I, I say DC just letting Grant Morrison do what he wants to do. Well, you know, like... If you have two creators... On, in the same family of books, you're, the editor is supposed to let his creators thing. know you're, what everybody's you're doing. You're Graham Morrison's editor. Mm-hmm. How do you do that job? If you're another creator, how do you talk to Grant Morrison about what he's doing? You don't need to talk to Grant Morrison about what he's doing. You need to talk to your editor, and your and, editor and, can you know what Grant Morrison's pro- doing. I, I would imagine the editor probably doesn't know what's happening till he gets like a script from Grant Morrison, and they pretty much that's right. Pretty much just go okay. But you get a script, well, but no, you have an outline for X amount of books, right? That's what George Perez said is DC didn't even know what Grant Morrison was doing because he he just does what he wants. And well, then everyone... No. That, huh, I'm agreeing. Every, everyone else has to play by his rules. I'm agreeing. That's a big problem. That's yeah. all I was saying. I'm like, yes. Yes. That would <laughs> be like, a big Paul, problem. His editor isn't going to try to rein him in because... You tell Grant Morrison to calm it down, he's not going to. And I think that's honestly what we're seeing with what's happening in Batman Incorporated, too. Mm-hmm. Like, when we were talking about that one last month, it's Grant Morrison being Grant Morrison. He doesn't have to play into everything else that's happening. Yeah. We just yeah. had a secret society, Grant. Well, you know, my secret society really is about more like Talia. Is he Scottish? I can't, I can't do a Scottish <laughs> He's accent. He's like, why are you British? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, I, I can imagine I can imagine that being really tough when one book's telling the origin and one book is in the future. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you remember, if you remember your Lost Boys, uh, Action Comics... And the Superman comics have always been off, because uh, Corey Fel- or Corey Haim tells the Frog Brothers that you can't have you can't have this next to this book because they haven't found Red Kryptonite in this book yet, and in this book, you know, they're doing something different. Lost Boys. Lost Boys. His name was Sam. Sam and the Lost Frog Boy. Brothers. <laughs> 
Um, I just watched it like last week. Was I haven't watched it in forever. Is it on a, Netflix now? Yeah, or? It's such a nice. Movie. I'm gonna have to check it out. Uh, the first one is on Netflix. Not yes. Lost Boys. The, <laughs> the crappy tribe one. and the other, yeah. Yeah, the, the other um, blood shit. What was it? I can't remember. The Blood Queen. I don't know. I, don't know. I watched them both. They're really bad. Hmm. Uh, the original though, classic. And we talked a lot about the story. I think Scott Snyder is actually still doing great stuff with Batman here. And I would say I think Greg Capullo has probably become my favorite Batman artist. I mean, when you go back and watch those bag and board bites that we did at the beginning, yeah, you're talking about just in Batman and Robin how there's one of those like, boom, this is Batman panel. And just flipping through this, when you have Batman bursting into like the owl's kind of like base, it's so fucking Batman. I, I definitely say he's up there as my... As a Batman artist, I do love him. His Bruce Wayne though always looks like he's sucking on a lemon. He always have like has like a puckered mouth. But when he's Batman, it's just it is. It's awesome. But when you see him as Bruce Wayne, he's thinking, he's pondering stuff. Hmm. He's usually eating lemons. I, I feel like his Bruce Wayne and also his Batman are kind of fluid. They're they're not really ever really set. Like. The face structure, sometimes it seems a little longer, sometimes it, it's a little more fluid than I would say is, this is a definitive Batman look. He's always a little bit more I, scruffy too. I kind, I kind of like it because this is a Batman who's just been going through hell with everything that's been happening with the Court of the Owls. Mm-hmm. After yeah. like the Night of the Owls. This it, is a man that just hasn't had time to recover. Just, and oh, I just got it open to this one, it's like the, uh, the one page, no, the page yeah, there with him looking through the bars, and he just looks badass. He really does. Like, but if you really, saw that, it would scare the shit out of you. Your really large face, really square, kind of uh, rounded, but coming up to a square jaw. And then other times when he's Batman, he doesn't have that. It's more, uh, you know, rounded or and long. Uh, I can't find a panel now, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, there's great just like him in the shadows. I, I do, I do love his Batman in this, and even um, his uh, Thomas, Batman. his Thomas Wayne Owl. Yeah, which that was like I didn't even think of when you pointed that out about Owl, you know, Owl Man. Yeah, being under that name, like I, that that makes perfect sense. And kind of to go back because this is almost two books in one because the backup story for this is actually the. St- the letters from uh, Jarvis Pennyworth to his son Alfred about this secret history of the Wayne family, and it's just the, like all about the Court of the Owls trying to take out the Waynes and how Jarvis isn't going to play along into it. Jarvis, Alfred's father. And I, it's this is great. Um, this is also done by Scott Snyder with art by uh, Raphael Albuquerque, who they worked together on American Vampire, mm-hmm. and that is another book that I'm glad I'm picking up the trades in. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so these are two people that have been working together for a while, and I think they do great stuff together. And, you know, something you only get in glimpses are, you know, Martha and, and Tom Wayne, and you really get a good look at... How strong of how, a character, uh, how strong of a woman Martha was. Yes. Thank you for... Finishing my sentence for me. Well, you were struggling there. No, I wasn't. I was taking was taking a moment, and then oh, you I'm started sorry. talking. I'm sorry. I was about to say the exact same thing. I, I thought you were struggling for the words. No, I was good. I wanted to give you those words. Thank you. I, I appreciate did. it. I'm glad we were on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love this book. I'm 
I think what we see here every month proves that a Batman book can be more can be more than just a Batman book. Yes. Definitely, he's he's gone above and beyond. Uh, <laughs> In a Batman podcast, can be more <laughs> than a Batman podcast. And, but we, Paul's wearing a Batman T-shirt. I'm we, drinking out of a Batman pint glass. <laughs> we can read image books too. And that we certainly can from our beloved BKV. Um, now. Go ahead, Chris. This is a book that actually came out a while ago, and I have just not been able to track down a copy. I finally got my issue number one. It's the fifth printing. This is Saga by Brian K. Vaughn, one of our favorite writers, um, and art by Fiona which, Staples. Which, when you say that, you're talking about Paul and yourself. I was looking at Paul. Mm-hmm. Because which is why the last man. Now listeners have crashed trying to see who you were looking at. I know. <laughs> Uh, just why the last man he he knocked out of the park, um, Ex Machina. I wasn't too big a fan of, but this fan. is the this is the man that brought us Runaways, which was previously to Daredevil and Wolverine and the X Men, our favorite <laughs> Marvel book. Um, yep. And then he went to do TV work. So actually, getting him back in the comics realm, when as soon as I saw he had a book coming out and it was going to be a sci fi book, I was beyond excited for it yeah he worked on a little television show i i think what was it i can't i can't find it it, it, anywhere. Was, it was something it's about a, of, it was one of our favorite shows <laughs> chris and mine uh lost oh oh yeah That's yeah true. Paul, paul doesn't like lost surprise <laughs> yeah and one of the hardest things to do is create a world a sci-fi world that you can, in one issue, get kind of lost into, find it almost like, okay, I can believe about this world. I can understand a lying cat or all, or any of those kind of things. And, and in one issue, it got me. I'm like, all right, I understand this world. It's so interesting. I love all these kind of characters. I'm, I'm set. The sci-fi world is set for me and, there are no rules, and it's it's awesome. And he does a great job of doing that. Um, what what this is? It's the story of two aliens, uh, Marco and Alana, who come from uh, separate worlds. One being a planet, and the name of it escapes me. But the other one is the moon that actually uh, revolves around Which that is planet. Wreath, wreath, and landfall is the landfall. name of the planet. Yes, there thank you, Paul. Um, and just how these two are constantly at war with each other. And as things happen in war... Uh, One is kind of science-based, Landfall, and landfall. also Wreath is kind of ma- magic-based. Yeah. And, and these two wacky kids get together and make a baby. Yep. Romeo and Juliet style. So kind of Without the what I liked, pack. what we had with why the last man was this was the end mm-hmm. this is the end of mankind mm-hmm. and what we have with saga is actually the beginning of something different right because this has never happened before and people don't like that this happened they don't want it ha- happening so they're on the run and it's just from both sides from both sides and then it just gets even crazier yeah well, like, what John was saying, like, this world is set. The science fiction world was set. I'm like, no, it's not set. It is just whatever it needs and wants to be. 
You have a talking alligator. It, you have people with television heads. You, you have the robot prince. You got it right when there are no rules. And that's what's set about it. That it can be, it can be anything, but it's some, in some way, like, to, I'm, it, in some way, it's believable. You can go, okay, he's got a cat that says that it's lying. Alright, I'm there. I believe it. There's a unicorn woman. Okay. Alright, let's go. It's it, not. It's hard to do a science fiction where you can go. Well, I don't know. It's just kind of stupid. Where I don't think it's stupid in here. I'm. I'm in. I'm interested in this world and I'm into it. 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 It got me. See, everything is stupid in here, but that doesn't matter. D- this is a story about the characters. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what I'm saying. Like this. It's the exact opposite the, of what I usually want in the science fiction rule uh, world or story, which is. Give me a world or rules that make sense, and then carry them through to the end. Like our review of Moon, it was definitely like had set rules. It carried it through to its logical conclusion, and it worked. This, there are no set rules. There will be, and there's definitely no logic uh, to follow through for it. So it's just basically about the characters. And what I thought was the most interesting, and here's the spoilers for this was that it was kind of being... The story was being told through the viewpoint. The narrator of it was the daughter uh, that was born here. And at, I'm like, okay, well, I'm probably not going to like this book. It just seems like it's going to a very obvious place. And then at the end, it's like, no, this is... I'm not a big war... The daughter says, I'm not a big war hero. I'm not a, you know, savior, great savior. I just got to grow old and it's because of these two so for a while there i'm like oh it's a story about how this daughter grows up and saves these two people these two warring factions and everything's hunky-dory no it's just about these two people surviving and trying to be a family which is a lot more interesting to me than the lat, you know the latter and i'm i'm sad i don't have a copy of number two yet because i really want to read it I owned three and four, mm-hmm. but I don't want to jump ahead and spoil anything that happens in two because, as with everything that Brian K. Vaughn does, this is a very human story. <laughs> All of his stuff, it takes place in crazy, outlandish worlds. People have superpowers. But it's always about the characters that are there and I- not the, the situation has so little to do with it because mm-hmm. it's more just about who they are as people. I would take a step back from you know, the outlandish because, other than Runaways, uh, Why the Last Man definitely set in our world. Mm-hmm. Ex Machina set in our world plus plus superheroes plus one superhero like element. You're like this is as far this away is, this is from out, our world outlandish. we can get. Yeah. yeah, this is you know Runaways. All the Marvel superheroes, but still you know the. They seem like real teens. These are people with horns and wings and live in outer space and has spaceship forests. Well, even um, his Hood miniseries, mm-hmm. it was about a down-on-his-luck guy that just accidentally kills this creature and takes its hood and boots. And then, oh, hey, now I can fly. I can turn invisible. like, mm-hmm. And I'm going to try to you know, provide for my sick mother. And but, even, I mean, uh, the pride, which yeah, was interesting mm-hmm. with the lions. That was that was very interesting. Also, a great book. Like that was probably my favorite, my graphic novel when that came out. Set in our world during the Iraq War, 
T- told told by told by lions. Yeah. Um, he he's just a great writer, and I'm so glad to have him back in comic books because mm-hmm. his is one of those names yeah. that will make me pick up something. What did this first issue do that his other first issues didn't? Though? Oh, I it, have an answer, so it's kind of mean. Uh, I that's know, yeah, because I'm trying to think. T- to me, you kind of think about the end. Well, for me, you have the. I wouldn't say cliche, but one of those common roles of the war prince who now is going to do whatever he can just to get done and out of this war. Mm-hmm. You know, he's drawn back to go on the hunt after, you know, the, the two main characters and the child. And then you have the hitman who's also been hired to go after these people and bring the baby back. Mm-hmm. And then you have these two on the run to protect their baby, which you know that mm-hmm. in some ways they survive. Yeah. And you can see where all, you can kind of see where all these characters are going to go. Well, you know, to me, she's the, the, ba- go ahead. the will mm-hmm. is going to be the, yeah, the, the will is the name of the bounty hunter, hitman, whoever mm-hmm. this unicorn woman is, is sending them, uh, after Marco. Because he's gonna be responsible for like a huge catastrophe, which is a lie, says the lying cat. But you can see that he's gonna be the one that's going to help them. Who's gonna fight off the other bounty hunters? You can kind of see that right away. And what mm-hmm. kind of a character? What kind of character this character has? Right. You can kind of see where the prince is gonna go. So you can see where things are gonna go. But I want to be along for the ride to see these things. Right. I- I don't want to cut you off, Paul, because I know you're itching to tell us your answer. I don't think you can tell where this is going to go, though. I I really don't I, think anything you're assuming about these characters could actually happen. I, I you're assuming that they all make it out alive, and that's what I was going to no, jump I, in I there. No, I didn't say okay. that. You said, well, you see that they I survive. That you, I said, I believe what I said was... We can assume, get, we have it on tape. We, we can go back and listen to it, mm-hmm. but I say you assume that they make it out alive. Okay. Because you know that you know the, she grows she does yeah. because of them. Mm-hmm. But, but you that don't know. doesn't mean how far they go. Or if they survive as a family or well, not. Which I think would be the most interesting part. Well, I, I can't say that they're not going to, but that's is that what you were talking about at, by at the end? No, no. The end. Uh, did you feel... What does... Like, Brian K. Vaughn, like, what I think about him is that last page, like, oh shit, that, that moment... On especially his first issues, mm-hmm. like all the men are dead, boom. That's the book. He, that's the book he got. Uh, Ex Machina. One of the two wind towers is still up. Yeah, boom. Uh, his Wolverine uh, miniseries. Uh, Wolverine realizes that he's on Hirosh. He's in the town of Hiroshima right before the bomb's going to drop. Boom. Like those are here. It's like I'm not a savior. I'm. It's not a huge. Like big blast, like holy shit! I got to see where this is going now. Well, I like you know, th- it's like I'm not a savior. I, think, I just grow old. It's well, I think, but you're leaving out the next page. Which, what is the next page? It's a like it's the full panel of her parents kissing. And it says mm-hmm. not everybody does. Yeah. Right from the get go, you're made to believe this is going to be their story, Marco and Alana, mm-hmm. and 
this is the story or the saga of their daughter, right? Who who is going to be named Hazel after they can actually name her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of the these people are going to give up everything they can for her. And I think that's what makes this an interesting book because it's named after her color eyes. Yes. Um, so this is one of like the, one of those moments. It's might not be on that grand of a scale yeah. mm-hmm. of, Oh, the bombs are going to drop. One of the towers is still standing, but it's this entire book. You've been getting to know these characters and just everything that they're giving up and going against mm-hmm. to be together to protect their daughter. And yeah. it's eventually going to get them. Like it and again, that's the human part of this. Yeah. And that's that's what the connection is for me to that end of the book, I guess. Everyone's looking at John. I, 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 I kinda I, said my piece of yeah. what I thought from it. It's it's a good book. It's not like I was kind of excited. I'm like, this is gonna Brian K. Vaughn writing a comic book series again. I'm not gonna treat it like Why the Last Man. I'm gonna pick it up in issues, and issue one's been so hard to find. Haven't seen issue two. Haven't seen issue three, four, or five. And now I'm kind of like, after reading this one, I'm like, I can wait. Wow. Really? I thought you were gonna name your next dog Rumford. <laughs> Rumford? No, right? Because. I, I I loved it. Well, you know, like it's got these great moments, like oh, the garage monkey said uh, we'd be here, we'd have this place till the weekend, right. and it actually is a monkey yeah. that works at a garage. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 these fantasy elements that that I like. That <laughs> you know, like issue two, I might just download on my phone and read it tonight to borrow Chris's three and four, <laughs> and those issues that I can't get, I will I will read. I will read digitally, yeah, just so I can continue on the story because I'm I'm really really liking it. I um, will buy this in trade. I I will get the issues when I can. Um, do you want to talk about art now because we haven't really yeah mentioned any of that. Uh, Fiona Staples on art, who actually does all the in-panel lettering as well. Very good. I like the in-panel lettering to let you know that it is uh, that's basically the narration trend, parts. Yeah. Like there's a great like a uh, mm-hmm. you know something's written and that line drawn to you know yeah. a planet or a moon that mm-hmm. just looks like a twinkling star. Uh, it it plays well with the layout of the in- inside of the panel, like when she does that lettering there, and I, she also letters the word balloons. I'm assuming then. Uh, uh, I, I I don't think so. Okay, this could be digital. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's done by Phonographics. Okay, but uh, I like the layout. That being played with the layout, but it is kind of standard. You know, I don't want to say it's standard comic book fare because everything's so different. She draws faces and emotions very well. Um, but like the actual page layouts of everything, you know, nothing wowing me. You know, it's basically all inside the panels itself. You do have some great, uh, you know, one page splashes and you do get the one two page splash, I believe, also. Um, action kind of gets a little dizzying to try to figure out what exactly happened, but you are dealing with magic being thrown around with laser beams. So well, is I it? Don't know. I, 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 don't I didn't. Know. I didn't have that with the yeah I didn't. the action at all. I mean, you can obviously tell that these guys just appeared. You know, instead of um, 
you know, uh, uh, what uh, Marco makes reference to leaving his sword in his, you know, in its scabbard, and then like the their their swords actually shoot <laughs> laser blasts or they shoot chops at people, you know, and and the you know the sci-fi, you know, the other people have are the ones with the guns. So you have the magic versus that. I wasn't I wasn't lost in that at all. Well, they either fire at them or they shoot laser chops. Either Different or colors. Either or. They're very it, yeah. I was trained by Star Wars to know that. <laughs> um, I I really like the artwork. I like the coloring on it. I think it mm-hmm. it fits the story. Um, I think this is one of those books that if the artwork didn't match the story that Vaughn was trying to tell, it would fall apart. And I I think it does a great job of just portraying that otherworldliness of what we're looking at here, from like the characters like themselves to the monsters. I mean, looking at the cat that can tell if someone's lying. Like, it's a creepy-looking animal, but I, I dig it. Yeah. Unicorn lady. In, I would, I would pick up, I would, I would, I would want this in issue or in graphic novel, but I would, between those moments, because this would be something I would want to reread. I really like I I really like it, but I would pick it up digitally and in hard copy, just because I want to continue on the story. I'm I'm kind of sad you didn't like it that much. I didn't love it. Yeah. Uh, well, you I know what? Odd, but... I, I have the first volume of I have the first issue and the first volume of Why the Last Man. Mm-hmm. I have not finished that first volume. It just does not do anything for me. Wow. And I picked it up because you guys talked so much about it. It's like, all right. I named the it, dog after I, one exactly. of the characters. And I was like, all right, you know what? I, I got to give it a try. And I just I just can't get into it. It's just not my kind of story. So, you know, I understand, like, it not being mm-hmm. there for you, Paul. I, every, we all have different tastes. I mean, yeah. we've had those moments where we all pass those books off to each other. And on occasion we like them, and on occasion we don't. And I do like in here how... At the very end, Brian K. Vaughn says he wants to do an old-school letter column for this book, mm-hmm. but you're actually going to have to physically mail him because he spilled French onion soup on his wireless router and doesn't have internet. Huh. And so, the, so they give him an address. Why would he spill? How did he get French I, onion soup? I don't know, but... There should be a nice cheese barricade over the French onion soup so he wouldn't be... Oh, spill I eat that it. cheese you know, first. Maybe he just actually wants those hard copy letters to him, you know? Yeah. Wouldn't French onion soup just make his internet better? I know it makes life what better. The, like only our in, router is like a, next to our TV. Like I wouldn't be eating soup over there. Exactly. What the hell is this guy no, doing? I, I, okay, he's a writer, so I imagine he's probably sitting at his desk all the time. He probably eats his meals there. He's probably got his router like <laughs> next to his desk or under it, and he probably just like knocked over a cup or a bowl of soup, and it just spilled all over it. His bread bowl sprung a leak. Um, <laughs> dude, who knows? Maybe something happened and he, like, raged at it. Um, someone I know was playing a game online, and it's not it's not Randy. Oh. Um, and his internet was getting laggy, so he went over and started punching his router. Hmm. He doesn't have internet now. Huh. Uh, I, I know someone who uh, kept getting killed by the helicopter... In uh, Modern Warfare 2, threw through, and he threw his margarita glass full of margarita across the house. 
smashing everything on uh, the china cupboard. That that was Randy. That, that was Randy, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. If you have interesting rage <laughs> stories, uh, video game connected or comic book correct, uh, connected, please email us, contact at beggingboardcast.com. Also, if you read either of these books and want to let us know your thoughts or you have a book you want us to talk about, hit us up over there. Or, or on Facebook, or we have a post. We, we have a post for this for this episode. It's episode number one twenty nine. Just comment on that, um, or easier. send us a message. Or hey, you know, whatever. Dude, we're not, you know, we're not always asking for you to do that. Or or stay tuned for more stuff on Bagginboard dot com. Bites. We do those a lot more now. Yeah. Weekly. Weekly. 